0: Fucking happy as birds. I don't like it. I don't like the cheer.
1: When I was because if you listen, you can just hear nature.
0: Oh, you hear, you hear <laughs> that ass-eating sound yeah. he makes when he's chomping on his peanut butter. Well, it's either that or he's bothering yeah, us. Yeah, I
1: know. It's, it's just funny faintly hearing
0: that. Wow, and- <laughs> In the moments
1: of silence.
0: Better than when he comes in here and drinks out of the water bowl. Yeah. When it sounds like an ocean. Oh, fucking yeah! Keep it yay motherfuckers! That's a terrible catchphrase. How did that catch on? What does yippee, that even mean? Yippee ki Yeah, yippee ki or whatever. Yippee ki motherfuckers. It's because he's Bruce Willis. Yeah, I like Samuel Jackson's catchphrases better.
1: Have you seen the the new Shaft? Shaft.
0: Shaft. I'm excited. Yeah. I don't even. I didn't want anything to do with Shaft just because I didn't care about the character until I <laughs> saw that trailer. and I was like, wait a minute. I Kind of want to see this.
1: There's like three shafts now.
0: Shaft man. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a like a broke white girl's dream
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> three hulking nubian shafts oh god man can we ever get through an intro without talking about dicks
1: I mean we probably could but why why, why would we? you want to yeah I'd...
0: Uh, we'll ponder that as we go into the we were
1: saying was just shafts shafts well
0: you know what you're thinking when you think of shaft
1: well, maybe elevators like, maybe yeah um,
0: up and down motions. <laughs> Riding things up and down. Like an elevator. Down a big sturdy shaft.
1: Sometimes stopping and staying there for a minute before coming back out.
0: Sometimes you stop so more guys can get on. <laughs> Sometimes you stop so they can get off. Oh, oh Nick Nick Patty What give a dog a bone. I hate angel dice clay. Hey, what's up? It's your friends from Drunken Pen Writing, the podcast.
1: Trying to do stuff, not working out.
0: It's been like a solid two weeks of us having unnecessary technical difficulties because we tried to improve the podcast for you fine listeners, and we made it worse. We
1: fucked it up like we do everything else.
0: Spencer's level's always fucking out of control. Because
1: I can't be controlled. Whoa, easy girl,
0: <laughs> easy. Today's episode... Which we came up with about thirty seconds before recording is about find literature, or the lack of there. I don't know what that means.
1: Was, that kind of sounds like nothing that we were talking about. I was, the I was trying to. That seems like we were going to talk about how we need more literature, and but before we do, uh, the, the topic was just just shitting on literature. We shit on everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my god! it didn't introduce us. I mean, I kind of almost did. I'm. Caleb James, your faithful host with the most, and then I got this guy over here, Spencer, the Danish derelict church. <laughs> Not quite sure what that even means. You a run down Danish man?
1: No, is it like is it Danish like the country or like the dessert? <laughs> Doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> None of this matters. Oh right.
1: Well, much, much like our topic, life is meaningless.
0: Life is me, the pessimistic DPW podcast.
1: What is what is that ruckus? And that's your dog eating ass and or... in <laughs> the, the sink dripping. If <laughs> you don't have any more happy birds.
0: <laughs> I hear the curtain. I feel like I'm in like an Edgar Poe poster <laughs> where I'm just hearing things and everything's haunting me. I'm just freaking out, man. I think that's what it is. I'm freaking out. Freaking out. Because after that last episode we recorded with the terrible audio, I fucking spent all night trying to figure out how to not have terrible Skype audio, and uh, just I've been broken since. Lost my mojo.
1: A broken man.
0: A broken man on the edge of the cliff of life. And what does he do? Jump. Or. Or. Jump fi- head first. Fix the podcast. Well, that's just that's <laughs> terrible. Just jump head first. He has to have, to have a choice that he's trying to make. We're talking, of, we're okay. talking literature all right. here, all man. All right.
1: Get back on topic. Jump or leap. He can jump or he can leap.
0: <laughs> I think I would be too lazy. Like I'd be so exasperated with life, I would just kind of collapse and roll. Just you, just
1: roll off the hill. <laughs>
0: Scrape my knees on the way down. Like most unpleasant fall you so, can have. So
1: basically, like a uh, Homer Simpson in the in the classic episode when he's stone falling yeah. down the, the the
0: Grand Canyon. I won't even get the pleasure of, uh, Buzz Lightyear style, just, you know, falling with style, yeah. just gliding to my death. No, I'm just gonna fall down the rocks and just, like, break bones and cry the whole way. And then probably not even die. No. Probably just be at the end and then, like, a bear eats me asshole first. <laughs> like it's that. That's
1: only, it's always asshole first.
0: Face or asshole, and it's neither's a good option. If you had to get your face or asshole eaten first by a hungry bear.
1: Well, I guess... If, not
0: not a man, like, you know, the yeah, actual yeah, bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I guess if I... like, If I'm not going to survive, I guess just go face first so it's over with. I don't have to feel anything. If you go and ask first, there could at least be like a minute or two where you're just like, Oh my God!
0: <sighs> just like Spencer, to always go ass first. Or face first. I don't know
1: what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: So, fine literature, sir. You read it, you love it, you hate it.
1: I, re- I really I'm not I'm not a fancy uh, aristocrat like you. So and
0: you don't even and, have one monocle. It's embarrassing yes. to go out with you in public. I need two. <laughs>
1: just, that's how I should wear my glasses now. Just two monocles. Just my eyes are always <laughs> squinting. <just>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have really powerful eyebrows. How many fifty plus dollar hair combs do you own? Made of sweet ivory from some awful poaching incident that you imported from africa
1: exactly zero what
0: the fuck man you're not even living how many seal shoes do you have that you know shoes made from the leather of innocent seal pups
1: oh like 12
0: oh okay well you're kind of getting there i wear them like slippers they're just live seals you wear like slippers. yeah dpw fighting with PETA since 1998 did we have dpw in 1998
1: I don't, I don't. What were
0: you doing in '98? I was uh, in like fifth grade, maybe. Some, yeah, like
1: yeah, like middle school.
0: Yeah, I was a little tyke. I wasn't drinking either on like my classmates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now you're drinking, and they're not drinking because most of them are in jail.
0: That's what. I, that's what I love is most of the people I went to school with can't drink anymore either because of jail or health problems or. Oh, my liver stopped working. It's like, dude, you're thirty. What (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) Like, you just can't drink for medical reasons at early thirty. How much did you drink in your teens and twenties? So I've been drinking for twenty years. You're thirty. What the (laughs) fuck, dude? That's not normal. All right, so we are going to discuss. And we should have like a fucking snobby accent for this.
1: Just try yeah. with get your jaw around all night. You can't get jaw really far mm-hmm. around. Enough. It just gives you that pompous douchebag <laughs> sound. As... This is where video
0: really comes <laughs> into play because you can see the jutting jaw. I'm
1: just trying to do my best Bill cower, like Scarling just. Mm-hmm. You ever worry though if you jut it too far it'll dislocate and get stuck? <laughs> okay.
0: No. You ever see somebody like a Bill Coward that's permanently in this position? It's hard to talk loud like this. Ah, it kind of feels good, though. It feels like you're stretching your head. <laughs> Just unhinge your jaw like a fucking giant snake. Um. So let, let me cut back into the actual topic. Not Bill Coward's jaw. Mm-hmm. As fine as it may be. It actually disgusts me. And when he speaks, I'm always waiting for that spit to come out. Um. Anyway. So you are not a huge fan of fine literature. What is it you don't find appealing?
1: Well, and then I guess well, it's more the fact that I I haven't even read that much at what can actually be considered literature. It's just not anything that, that I'm into. Because I, I read to be for enjoyment and entertainment.
0: Escapism.
1: Oh, yeah, just like, that's a cool idea. Like, it just seems like with literature, it's just... Too real. Uh, or just like, hey, look at me, I can blow my own dick.
0: Yeah. You want to read about a guy blowing his own dick on a magic mountain? Or do you want to read about some guy getting divorced after coming home from war? Yeah. yeah I mean, both can be interesting, but literature can be dry. S- super dry. So dry. Just like the Roaring Twenties should have been because of Prohibition, but they weren't.
1: No, because
0: people don't like dryness.
1: And because I don't know how much, like I'm, and I'm sure there's still a lot of it, but like back in the day, there was probably a lot more literature there is now.
0: Well, yeah, I would say that,
1: that seemed to be the main other than focus your point back then.
0: Other than your H.G. Wells types and. Um, I guess like a Lewis Carroll with Alice in Wonderland. Things like that. Maybe a Tolkien. Those were like genre fiction before genre fiction was really a thing. Because what they considered genre fiction was more like the pulp stories yeah. in the old magazines. And those were almost considered for kids or like smut material.
1: Just like idiots.
0: Yeah. you're If you're reading comics or anything like that, you're a dollard. You're a moron. But fine literature... For instance, like The Great Gatsby. It's a cool story. I mean, I like literature, so I enjoy that kind of stuff. But I could definitely see why people would just be bored. Because, I mean, how many... Inner monologues and descriptions of fucking dresses and flowery language. Do you need
1: the most I know about like The Great Gatsby? Other than you know the kind of like basic story and outline, is the like the episode of Family Guy they did <laughs> where they spoofed it and just the stuff that they were talking about. Like that kind of just seems that seems accurate. Like, did you have you ever seen that episode? Yeah. Now, how like accurate are to the things and how they're, they. Like, like uh, fucking with it and things like that are like
0: pretty them. good. I um I don't know if Seth uh McFarlane is a big literature buff, but he all, he does do a lot of uh li- like literature jokes in yeah. Family Guy. He he always has like throwbacks to you know Jane Austen and different characters like that. Uh, Hemingway's a but good one. He also, does. he's
1: like an older guy too, where they probably taught that stuff in school.
0: Yeah, they don't teach that too much in school anymore. Even, like, what they do make you read, none of it's really literature for the most part till you get to, like, high school, probably.
1: And then even, like, that, because I don't know about you, but my classes never did, like, that kind of shit. We they always had they, to they, read,
0: like, the fucking
1: shitty Red Badge of Courage should. and you stuff. Know, the closest thing, I probably, like, one of the main literature things I probably read, and I'm not even sure if it would be considered that, was, like, Beowulf. Um, but that's not even really, I believe. That's kind of that's almost more like
0: a, a mythology.
1: Kind of, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't classify anything from the Greek eras or anything like that, like those kind of stories or stories set in that time period to be like literature. That's more mythology and I, I, I guess that's what it'd be mythology. Like when I think of literature, there, I think of two types your Shakespeare shits, hmm. which is, uh, I don't like Shakespeare. I don't find the writing to be too entertaining. Uh, it, it just bores me. Well,
1: and too because isn't he? Isn't everything that he wrote wrote in a, like a play setting? Yeah. So I could I could see like because I never like read like the manuscript or whatever of a play, but I imagine that has to be kind of weird and like difficult to kind of follow. Other than like if you just if he wrote it as just you know. Well, a plain I would, story.
0: Um, and the you know the Shakespeare fans out there are probably gonna make fun of me for this, but I would assume Shakespeare has written like a screenplay format, or at least like what it's been translated to, yeah. because I've never really read Shakespeare because I just get too bored. I mean, we've had to do it in school and things like that, but and I know the most of the stories, but I've never actually like, the original source material. Or like whatever translation was closest to the original because that was like hard English back then. Like that was uh, probably like Canterbury Tales English almost where it's like if you read it, what the fuck does this mean? (laughs) It's not words we use anymore. But uh, like the second kind of literature is moving on beyond that to like a Dostoevsky or um, I guess like a F. Scott Fitzgerald. James Joyce would be more literature because that's – like I'm thinking more – complex literature versus like a Hemingway, which is uh his what I mean, while you would consider him literature, he was very watered down, basic type of writing. Because that's why he was so popular. It was complete contrast Mm. to what was being written at the time. But like you think like a Marcel Proust or I would say F. Scott Fitzgerald, I mean, these are all forms of literature, but I would say his is more towards the Hemingway, even though his writing was complex. He was more towards the Hemingway set than like a Proust or something with the great flowery language. So you, could, I guess you could say there's three types of main literature. Your Shakespeare types, which are very difficult. Your uh, Marcel Proust flowery European types. And then your post-20s and 30s type. Like after H.P. Lovecraft, his era, which did, was like the... You, do
1: you consider him, is he like literature? Would you?
0: That's where you get kind of squirrely because you have a Lovecraft... The story types are not literature at all. You know, you got flying space monsters, spaghetti monsters and shit. The writing, though, is in the style of Edgar Allan Poe. And even Edgar Allan Poe is a good example. He's clearly literature, right? Like fine literature. But, you know, his stories are murder and, you know, some kind of supernatural things.
1: And, and like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you shouldn't, like, have, um, have like, a meaning or, like, um. a, because uh, like a lot of people like to look when it comes to a story. Like they read and look. Oh, what the author meant was this, and how he like that represents that. And that's like, well, no, maybe he just thought it was cool that this dragon came down and scorched the fuck out of these people. Like, and, well, like and we, it made a cool scene, and it kind of helped move the story forward. Everything doesn't have to have like a second and third meaning to it. To it that a third-person party puts onto it, That
0: Well, like uh, what I think we touched on the last episode was uh, how I got that literary magazine when I was uh, flying in from California. I want something to read on the plane. And I haven't read modern literary magazines in probably a couple years for them. Like, I get them sometimes, but most of them are more fiction-oriented. But this was like a straight literary type of artsy magazine. And the stories... Uh, they weren't even stories. They were just garbage. Like, just like a quick poke into somebody's life. And uh, I felt like a lot of them were supposed to make you feel like there was this deep meaning to them. And there wasn't. Like, there's nothing there. You
1: know what? how that would be cool to work? If you did, like, a collection of short stories and each one of those short stories were, like, another random... Just like what, it, what you think would be like mundane kind of part of this dude's life throughout his life, and then you could maybe somehow tell kind of like an overlapping story with all those things. Maybe it builds
0: into an actual story. You think yeah. it's just random parts of the. But would that be boring though until you got to that final climax?
1: Well, I mean, you would have to make those things interesting, and and that's that's where that's where the writing, that's where the challenge come, comes. So that's into what I that. felt like
0: the stories in this. Uh magazine were trying to do. They were trying to be interesting, but they were just... Uh, I'm trying to think of one of the stories. Well,
1: we don't want to shit on any certain writer or anything. I'm not, well,
0: not going to post any... Well,
1: well, I'm just saying, if to, as an example, if anybody wants to know what we're talking about, to go and look on your, like, uh, you Twitter or whatever, whenever you're able to post the whole story by just taking a picture of it on your phone. Yeah,
0: that's a good example. Well... Like, just a synopsis of one of the random stories I was reading. um There was... Uh, I'm trying to think of one of the really weird ones. Um Like, for instance, like something about a girl and they try to make it... I Like, say, like a girl's having problems in a relationship or something. You think that's what the story's going to be about. But then it will go maybe on to the protagonist talking about, like, her failed marriage or something like that. And then it just ends. So it was literally just uh the protagonist bitching about her failed marriage and then there nothing came of it, nothing before it, nothing after it. It was just that was the story. That's not a story. Yeah. And they try to make it have some kind of deep meaning, like, oh, I feel for this person. And maybe if you were going through that kind of situation, maybe I could see that if you read that, you'd be like, okay, I can relate to that. But there was no solving of the problem. There was no anything beyond the problem. No other characters. It's like how is that literature? Like what is that? No matter what genre you write in, I feel like the story should come first. Like you have to tell a good story. Um,
1: but I don't think like that. Like literature, quote literature is that's what the the focus is for. That they did.
0: It used to be now. Now we're talking about modern literature because
1: see, I would like the, the things that you mentioned previously, and they are like people like. I I eventually wanna to get to like some H P. Lovecraft. Mm. I should probably read some Hemingway because it seems like just like a thing you have to check off in your box as as like as a writer is like, Yes, I've read some Hemingway, yes, yes. <laughs> like you know, like whatever. Um, so maybe like those kind of things that I would enjoy once I actually get around to to reading that kind of stuff.
0: You have to prep yourself for that, especially if you read you know, for you, for you you were a heavy Stephen King, Joe Hill fan. You like those kind of genres and types of fiction. So if you were just to dive into even H.P. Lovecraft, it's going to be difficult because the language is so much different. The storytelling style is structured in, you know, old literature style. So it's not just your simple, the action keeps moving forward. Yeah. You get pages and pages, or in Lovecraft's case, sometimes you get a whole chapter that's just one piece that's just... It, if you skipped it, you probably wouldn't miss much. Like it, the mo- like Everything just stops and is talking about something, and there's no motion, no progression. Modern literature, one thing I give it, for the most part, stories are being told in a way that it keeps going forward. There's a pace. Literature from the early 20th century, you oftentimes get where it's like the author really is inputting their opinions and things into the story... So you'll get just pages and pages of their opinion that doesn't actually... I mean, it might relate to the story, but it has nothing to do with the characters. It's just the author talking to you, pretty much. And that's a big difference between genre fiction. You don't get that in genre fiction. You read a sci-fi story, you get action that's going forward. You're not getting undercurrents of the author's political views, for the most part. Like, you're not getting a diatribe about communism or something like it that just usually isn't a factor even if it's in the story it's progressing the story
1: and then and and again then that that also like goes factors into the that writer's skill because you can have that you could be like you could be thinking of something that had like you know some kind of genocide and use that in your sci-fi story like I, I, I'm it sounds like I'm kind of talking on both sides of my neck here. When you said that, when I say like, you don't like literature. You don't have to have this deep meaning, but in your genre fiction, you can like add that stuff. But it shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be so. As the person's reading it, they're thinking that when they're reading it, it should be like one of those things. Like after they've read it and they've talked to somebody else and they'd be like, hey, did you know, kind of notice with that? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, that kind of yeah. makes it. Like, okay, I get that. Like, I get where he's coming from with that. It shouldn't be the main takeaway from the story.
0: Well, an uh, example I can bring up off the top of my head is uh, Richard Wright's native son. Like, that deals with race relation. Like, that's the focus of the story, and I think it was written in the 30s. At the very end of it, the protagonist is in court for killing a white woman. And what you get like through the whole entire thing, it was kind of a edge. You know, you're on the edge of your seat. What the fuck is going to happen to this guy? This the whole story kept moving forward, moving forward. You're waiting for this big climax, then you get one, and then you're waiting for another climax. It's written very well, but the final act of the story in the court scene, it turns out to be just the lawyer. Like after everything's said and done, the lawyer goes on page. I think it's pages and pages of this long speech, and it's literally just Richard Wright. For I mean, even though he's using the character, it's just him lecturing the reader on race relations. On, and, his,
1: on his point of view. Yeah. Right? And while,
0: again, well-written, and I, you know, I agreed with it. I liked it. But it completely stopped the story. And I, that's pretty much how the story ended. They had a little bit after that. But you completely stopped the story to have this big – like you're lecturing. It's the author lecturing, some you know, the reader – I don't think that makes for a good writing or a good story for the no. most part.
1: No, if you want to do something like that, you need to like just like put out like an essay or something of your thoughts and and, and opinions on that on a on a topic well, like exactly. that. Well,
0: exactly. And I think that's what he did. Uh he wrote a lot of essays too, I believe. I know um who did a Visible Man Ellison. I think he did that a lot. But at the same time he this is in his and I think this is his most famous book probably. And, you know, your final act is this long speech. And I'm talking just one character, pages, pages, pages. I feel like that's just not the way to go. You especially, don't want to ever bore your re- – I mean, again, this was the 30s. Yeah. Literature was different back then. But you can't get away with that now.
1: Yeah. Especially, like, whenever, like, that seems like you're reading this and, and you're like, when, like, does this – when's this guy going to need, like, a drink of water? Like- yeah. Well, it's, you get by that –
0: when you're reading that, especially when you get to the middle of that part – You're not even... You don't remember the story. You're not even in the story anymore. You're just... just You
1: just want it to be over.
0: Yeah, you're reading an essay. Like, could you imagine if in the middle of a Stephen King or at the end of a Stephen King novel about, you know, fucking vampires killing people in a dark town or something, if all of a sudden he just starts going off? Like, one of the characters gives you a big lecture on why you know, Trump's ruining the equality of people or his immigration policy or something like that would just completely take you out. You can't yeah. do that. And you're going to alienate your audience like that. Like native sons, an example, because especially during the time period, that really opened a lot of white readers eyes to what was going on. Yeah. Cause back then in the news that there wasn't that in the news, yeah. you didn't hear about what was going on so much and there wasn't all the technology and communication. So, You know, if you didn't see it happen, it didn't happen. Well, then you read this, like, oh shit, this is what's really happening out there. But then you get a big lecture coming at you, and I can almost see the white audience back then who might have been on your side by the end of this novel go, well, now I'm, you know, now he's making me feel guilty. I'm getting lectured at. I, I don't want to read this anymore. Yeah. And again, it's an awesome novel. I recommend anybody read that. And while that, I would definitely say, is literature, that's, uh, a great example of how literature can still progress a story, constant motion, and up until that end part, you're on the edge of your seat. It's exciting. It's like you're reading a you know a good horror story, a good sci-fi story, and you can do you can have a sci-fi or horror story that would be considered literature. It yeah, can't, like a, yeah,
1: definitely. Would
0: you consider a Tolkien like Lord of the Rings literature? I would. Yeah, that's like be even though it's hard fantasy, that's got to be fine literature at its best.
1: Yeah, because I'm sure there's like um. Cause I'm not a big Lord of the Rings guy, but I'm sure if I went and looked some stuff up, I could find like, all the hobbits were like supposed to be these kind of people who yeah. are, you know. You can see a press, lot of things. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of meaning to it.
1: The the um the ring is uh, a symbol for the lust and greed of man, and the 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 monster that it turns you into whenever. Right.
0: But you know, you go back in time and just. There wasn't all this other forms of entertainment, so people, you either read that or you didn't read anything for the most part. But I would say, like, uh, Edgar Allan Poe kind of broke, at least as far as American literature. I feel like he was the one that really broke through to almost what would be genre fiction in the future. I mean, because you had your H.G. Wells, you had your Jules Verne with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Those kind of works, for you know, from different... uh, I think he was French. But... For the most part, people still read fine literature. There wasn't, like, genre fiction, other than a couple authors, wasn't really famous. And even um, fiction that was, like, sci-fi and things like that, most of them were still what you would consider fine literature. But now, you can, you know, you pick up a random sci-fi book in uh, the mall bookstore or something, it might be written very shittily. I mean, even if it's an exciting story... You wouldn't consider that of high merit. Yeah, you just consider that almost like uh, just a random comic you pick up off a yeah. shelf. It could be, you know, just a random Iron Man story. It's entertaining, or you can get like a fucking deep yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, you,
1: you can get you can get some random Iron Man where he's shooting stuff right in the face, or you can get the dev uh, the devil in the bottle where it tackles his alcoholism and has long affecting affecting you know on on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so like literature definitely has, like, I'm not trying to, like, I don't want people to think I'll, people should stop writing literature. It shouldn't even be a part of, like, no, it has, like, anything else, it has its plays. It's just, personally, for me, it's not one of my favorite things to read. What
0: I prefer, because I read a lot of dry literature, a lot of dry classic literature, and what I do prefer is, um, like a Neil Gaiman type, where he might write, um, like a fantasy novel or something along those lines that has that literature feeling to it, but is a modern, like, kind of a wild story. Yeah. Because you're not getting a lot of that. In cl- like, most of the classic literature I read, it's just real people dealing with real-life situations. That's good, but at the same time, sometimes you want somebody flying. You want some yeah. fucking supernatural shit. You want something entertaining, too. And you, it's a fine balance, and I find what turns a lot of readers off when they're coming of age, especially with schools, is they make you read, you know, books like Hatchet, The Red Badge of Courage, um, I never read it, but Catcher in the Rye, maybe. Yeah, yeah I've never
1: I never. They, read they make that. you read these books, and... Well, you can't uh, even read Catcher in the Rye anymore, can you? For, I don't know.
0: It's a fucking very tame, apparently, compared to what you know they say it is but uh or like uh i remember reading where the red fern grows i couldn't tell you what that was about civil war maybe i don't fucking know it was super boring but when you have young kids and you're trying to make them read this this kind of stuff because it's classier and it's you know it has meaning it's fucking kids are gonna get bored let them read a goosebumps book
1: that's like that's why i always get try to get my friends kids to oh that's one of the main reasons i try to get them into comics even if it's just like you know, it's the character. It's buying them toys and different things like that. So whenever they become to the age of reading, they're already familiar, familiar with these characters. It gives them something to read. And then, like, say, like, maybe, like, a couple years down the line, they're like, I, I don't really give a shit about Spider-Man anymore, but I do like reading. So you might I move can on. move on to something else.
0: Well, I mean, my trajectory... Trajectory through like reading was probably a lot different from yours. Oh yeah, or probably a lot different from most people's because a lot of people start off, you know, with comics or kids books or something. When I was a kid, I kind of, like my cousin. His mom owned a bookstore right next to my house. Oh nice! So I went over there and she let me get free books or real cheap, and I just picked what had cool covers. Yeah. So I was reading a lot of like kind of adventure books and stuff. What, and and like, just going through that, I would, I would fuck around and accidentally read Moby Dick. And I'll be like a little kid. And then, you know, I'd get, oh, God, this, what is all this whaling shit? Hey, mom, did you know whales from the 19, like, you just fucking random nonsense, uh, you know, 1700 blue whales, like, just fucking random bullshit that the kid shouldn't know. And, uh, by the way, that was super boring. I remember, I don't even know if I, I I think I finished it, but it was one of those ones where that kind of established, my, I have to finish the book no matter oh, what. Oh, yeah. That's what a... St- Moby Dick, as a kid, That's like... That's a
1: pretty decent-sized book, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that fucking book. I, I had no retention. Did, did little never, comprehension. Did he
1: ever get the whale?
0: I think he gets butt-fucked by it. I don't, mm. know. I don't know. Or he butt-fucks it, maybe? Mm-hmm. Right in the blowhole? I don't know. Blowhole fuck. Um... But anyway, so I would have, you know, adventure books and things like that, and i just get whatever I had to get my hands on. Yeah. So I wasn't reading kids' books, but that also made me... Uh, uh,
1: Maybe that stems I, your hatred for uh, YA stories. Yeah, probably, because I'd never read that shit. <laughs> it wasn't really around when I was a kid. No, it wasn't really a thing back yeah. when we were younger. As you we, just
0: had, like, we talked about in the last episode, you had your fucking Hardy Boys and stuff. That was kind of for younger people, but it wasn't young adult. It was just kids and grown-up books.
1: And by by the time we came around, those were just all like reprints of old stories. It's not like they were coming out with new Hardy Boy stuff. Exactly. But, you know, as a kid, and then that kind of made
0: my other media, I viewed things different. I didn't just watch cartoons. I would watch, uh, like, Happy Days and things Uh, like that. I fucking
1: loved Happy Days. Dude,
0: I watched all the old shows growing up, and I fucking... So I've had a very eclectic... Like, childhood, as far as my media consumption goes, it wasn't just one thing. I didn't start off with kid-friendly shit. I just start off with whatever was available. But I'm glad that happened, though it made me, um, for back of, lack of a better word, more of a, like a fluttery kind of reader. Like, I could go months and months without reading anything. And then all of a sudden, I'd kind of get the bug and want to read something. I wasn't like I am now where I got to read something every day. Dude,
1: you're constantly, you're yeah. just consuming more and more yeah. words. Yeah,
0: but then again, you know, a kid's attention span, too. Yeah. I mean, you fucking, you get like, a seven-year-old read Moby Dick. <laughs> like, that's, I, I thought that was kind of incredible looking back on it now, because I can't, I probably couldn't read Moby Dick now.
1: I know sometimes, even now, I'm reading a book, and I get, like, ha- like a comic, and I'm getting, like, halfway through and I'm like, I'm just going to sit this down for a sec. Need just, a break? Yeah, just, give me.
0: Just to just divert things real quick, a little sidetrack. When I fucking was flying to California on the way to Phoenix, is like five hours yeah. last week. I uh, I read two novels on the way there and yeah. then two books on the way back. So it was like pretty. Uh, like I I couldn't tell you the last time I read a whole book in one setting, let alone two. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, but at least I know my attention span. It, there's nothing else to fucking do on a plane yeah, there right. either.
1: So, they get mad when you start joking off.
0: They don't like The guy next to you doesn't like it because it's always three seats. Yeah, so you're yeah.
1: In, the, in the middle.
0: Yeah, I was in the middle. Just like, <laughs> eh. He's like, could you stop that, sir? It's like, hey, I didn't lean my scene back. At least let me have this.
1: I bet you have the armrest. Yeah,
0: yeah, fuck. He did take the armrest, too. It's all right. I gave him my gross, sweaty knee. You know, he has to get something. Anyway, but uh, then I remember what kind of got me into still, like, fine literature, but got me on the different course. To more entertaining type of literature was uh, Gulliver's Travels. I, I, my mom got me like this. Uh, I don't know where she got it. It was like a cool edition version, and I liked the cover again. You know, big guy, little yeah. people hammering him into the gr- like tying him to the ground. And so I was like, oh, this is a really cool story. And then we started having book fairs in school. Yeah. And then I said, oh, well, we got to get goose fucking goosebumps, right? Because, I mean, look at the covers. They're yeah. fucking awesome. That's the main thing. And then you kind of got into. Uh, comic books that way. It's like, oh, I like the art. And then it's like, oh, these are cool stories. So I started off with like the literature stuff and like some higher end adventure, like Michael Moorcock type of shit. And uh, then I, I went back down to more kid friendly stuff. As I got older, I started reading like the horror the tales you tell in the dark horror stories and stuff and then i started reading comics and i was a big x-men guy so i read the x-men stuff my brother got all the death of superman books so again very scattered reading though i wasn't just reading like well spider-man one through whatever yeah. like i was just reading whatever was available whatever covers were cool and i'd follow storylines, and uh which is still kind of a thing i do with comics now i'll follow a storyline yeah. but i don't tend to get whole runs of things
1: well like you like you uh you like certain creators. Yeah, I, you're, you're, well,
0: I find I like uh, separate, uh, writers and uh, artists now, and I'll, I'll get their work. Versus just, like, a title that, so, like, some people go by the character or the title. I go usually by the writer and the uh, artist, somewhat, like Alex Ross or something. Yeah. And then when I finally got to my teenage years, I started kind of mellowing out, and then I hit a patch where I wasn't really reading too much at all.
1: Yeah, except that's kind of, you probably got a little bit more into, like, Activities and sporting yeah, things sports and sports and things like that. And then once I got into my 20s,
0: I started getting back into the literature. That girl, Alan Poe, I had it again. I found a big deluxe edition. Yeah. I think you remember me reading that at Walmart. All yeah, the time. I
1: remember you. We, we, you that, that was the first of your like gold plated pages, yeah. wasn't it? That, that's what started it all. What is that clicking? Do you hear? Yeah, yeah I keep on hearing like a clicking or like a popping. I don't know if it, you think it's because we it turned up so low. We're lower
0: than we are, we're not that Oh, high. really? Yeah, it turned us down but yeah when I got uh, and then once I got into my 20s I kind of sw- uh, settled down and then that's when you got me into comics again Yeah, and then I started re- because I found out because you know when you're a kid it's like oh I'm
1: X-Men you know. it's just like Marvel DC stuff yeah <laughs> Batman and then I like hey have you ever checked out Preacher?
0: yeah <laughs> I was like oh shit um one of the first series you let me borrow was, I think, uh, Why the Last Man. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, wait. You, they, this is a fucking medium that has really original stories, and they can be told almost in a literature way.
1: Yeah. Like um, like, like, like the say? Snagglepuss
0: we just yeah. read for yeah. the book club. That was... Uh, I was considered the writing of that literature. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I, yeah, I would say that.
0: Yeah, it was definitely... that. It was in that style, too, and the themes. You just had weird cartoon characters. But other than that, if you got... If you didn't have those characters, you just wrote that in a book? Yeah. That's fine literature. Yeah. Like, that's a modern literature. And uh, so that, that kind of um, shaped the the, like, the type of reader I am now just growing up that way. And I think that's the way – I mean, I can't tell people what they like. Some people only like classics. Some people would never touch a classic book. Yeah, But I think a good balance is – like, what I like to do if I read a really, really tough, like, a fucking uh, Dostoevsky uh, brothers, what is it, Karamov or whatever, like a big doorstop Russian literature, well then I'll maybe go on a Neil gaiman Stephen King yeah. run or something. Like I'll take a break from that kind of fiction. Yeah.
1: Especially if you're um, like, uh, if you're trying to work in like the writing field it probably helps a lot to have those different things. Like if now, if you're just if you're just reading just because you're re- you, you just like reading and you don't plan on doing anything else with that like you know whatever the fuck makes you happy you know whatever you get the enjoyment out of well i that's why they have sections in bookstores yeah
0: i definitely find that my just all these different different types of things and especially classic literature has shaped my writing style and for a while i was writing more in a classic literature style and then I started uh, going, well, this is, well, the writing might be good. Again, the story was probably not entertaining a lot of people. And then I started reading your Neil Gaiman's and things like that and kind of shaping their story, you know, just how you write a, sto- a good and um, enthralling story and mix that with that the decent writing style. And I yeah. find that works well. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think what I would recommend to you to start if you want to go on your classic literature journey. You don't want to start with something fucking like a Moby Dick. No. That's just going to kill. Well, I think the original point of this was, you know, we have kids in middle school and high school and stuff. They try to get them interested in reading, but they make them read the Red Badge of Kurds or some dumb shit like that. They can't relate to it. It's not entertaining. Let them read uh, A Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. You know, a fairy story, but that's super exciting. Oh, but it has the word fuck in it. So what? Do you see what these kids do on the internet now? Yeah, right. Like, why are we still going by this fucking old Puritan eighteen hundreds bullshit okay. setup of censorship in schools? Kids can have the fuck word in a book. Yeah. If it's that offensive, fucking mark it off of the marker yeah. and then give it to them or something. Because how many awesome stories are there that have a couple swear? Not even a lot of swear- mm. like Neil Gaiman's good for not having like I mean American Gods or something maybe, but like that Stardust book's a good example. It's a fairy story. There's not too much swearing in yeah. it might be just the a little word. bit. yeah maybe just a couple words in the whole book, but they won't let you read that yeah. in school because ooh, it's a swear word yeah. meanwhile kids are sitting there talking about eating ass on the internet <laughs> at nine years old or,
1: or like the, the the topic when the, the example I would like to use for these kind of things like with what letting kids watch and it's not like literature but the um the the old uh, Michael Chickler's show the shield mm-hmm. I started, like, I wasn't, like, super young. I was, like, middle school. But, like, I was young enough to where, like, I probably shouldn't have been really watching it. Yeah. But, the, my friend let me watch it, and, like, it literally, that literally changed how I look at television shows. Like, how, what I think is what is good and what isn't good or what I like. It, it, it just, there's things like that that just, can shape you on on the the things that you consume as in as entertainment.
0: Well, see, I don't feel. Granted, we're going to more of a censorship talk, but just to go on it real quick because I very passionate about you know censorship laws.
1: And we need to try to meet a quota for yeah. our
0: episodes. Of this. <laughs> and uh, not letting kids watch certain entertainment stuff. I get it, but if your kids are just watching Bob the Builder and Blue's Clues and stuff. I almost feel like they're going to grow up kind of lame.
1: Well, well that ulcer that is just like you being a shitty parent and not wanting to put the work in. Yeah. As, as, an, as a parent. So, South Park. Again, I was watching South Park probably younger than mm-hmm. what I should have been. And my mom was just like, you can watch it. But if you start acting like those little assholes, yeah, you can't yeah. watch it anymore.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's almost like swearing when you're a little, you know, here's, a, here's something for you parents out there, new parents. Your kids are gonna fucking swear yeah. when they're like six, seven, eight years old with their friends. Yeah. I was I was talking about oh. we we're talking about fuck, we didn't know what fucking was, but you we were you talking, died talking about oh. oh Jesus. What is that? We were talking about fucking when we were little kids. We didn't know what it was. Oh. But the thing is, like when I grew up, me and my brother, we were allowed to pretty much watch it. my mom didn't pay attention too much. So we were watching your creep shows, your uh I mean, we watched a, a lot of rated R slash like yeah. Friday thirteenth, Freddy or uh Nightmare Elm shit. We watched all that shit when we were like seven or eight years old. A lot of
1: things where it's either it's tits than murder or murder than tits. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But you know what my mom would do when she saw that we watched that stuff? Instead of barring us from doing it, she would just explain. Hey, you know, this isn't real. This isn't how people act. She would just give us a little explanation on things and kind of let us go. And guess what? I grew up to not fucking be a weird deviant. (laughs) But like... (laughs) You know who's always on the fucking news being weird deviants? Like the super religious homeschooled kid yeah. or something. Like the kid who wasn't allowed to watch anything and everything's taboo. If you make everything taboo, if you say, you can't read Catcher in the Rye because there's hookers in it. So the kid's never allowed... To, well, then what's the, He's going to probably have a weird view on women when he gets older. Or,
1: or uh, like the whole... Um Huckleberry is Huckleberry Finn, or is, uh, the um, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry yeah, Finn? F- yeah, Huckleberry Finn. T- trying to take the uh,
0: N word out. Yeah, of t- the,
1: t- t- trying to take the N word out. Of it was
0: in like with the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I mean that's a part of history. Well, this
1: uh, now I could maybe see like if like say if you were reading it in class, you might want to like explain to like the class. Okay, now if when if you're reading, don't have to if, say if, the word. If you're reading the you know if it's your turn to read and this word shows up. Don't say it, you know, because you know there could be people that you know you don't want to you know upset any of your fellow classmates, but it shouldn't be taken out
0: yeah i don't I don't I don't get that that's when you censor things it just makes it more alluring it makes people want to read it or watch it or they, you. you have to give people a certain amount of freedom granted, you don't want kids just watching straight up porn no. But at the same time, when I was a kid, I watched straight up porn. I found my uncle's porn when I was like eight years old. And you know
1: what? Kind of liked it. Like, <laughs> Again, I didn't know what was going on, but I liked it. And like those were the times where you'd be watching and you're just, you're not even doing anything to yourself. You're just like, you're just looking at a head cock like, what is, that's going where? What, what,
0: what? Why is that bouncing so much? What does that hole do?
1: Why is, why is there so much hair everywhere? <laughs> why
0: is, why is that thing so wet? <laughs> Why do girls have a big hole? Mm. Like, where do they pee from? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so if I would recommend some classic literature for you, sir, I wouldn't say go right into the H.P. Lovecraft. Um, granted, if you wanted to read, like, the, some of the short stories, like Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. I would say go for that, but...
1: Yeah, because that's what's like, him. That's, like, the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. like, I've always had, like, a, a peripheral, like, interest... And stuff, like, into that kind of thing, but never read, like, the guy – anything from, like, the guy who started it.
0: See, the thing is, I would say, though, don't be surprised if you get really bored originally because of the writing style. Because when people say, oh, I love H.P. Lovecraft, but they haven't read H.P. Lovecraft, they know, like, Cthulhu and the stories and stuff. Oh, I love H.P. – they like what he's created, but if you actually go and read what he's created – a lot of people are like, ah, oh, this is a lot more complex and dry than yep. I was expecting. They, you know, they think it's almost going to be a genre fiction, and it's not. Like, that's not how it's written. It's not written like a, a you know, a Matheson, I Am Legend type, yeah. easy, fast, quick read. It's not. It's a slog. A lot of his work is very laborious, and it, like, it took me a long time to read that whole collection, because... Some of the novels, like, he had a... Yeah,
1: because you would, like, you would read some, go off to something else, read some... You'd have back. to take a break, because it was just... It, it was a
0: struggle. It was daunting.
1: Um, when you can't read more than, like, two or three pages doing a shit, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, the text was... Because it's so much in that book. The text is small, and it's, it's fucking... It's rough. So, I wouldn't recommend going into a H.P. Lovecraft other than some of the two or three page stories they call the Cthulhu, yeah. because that'll give you a taste... And maybe, because those I found, you have to build your way up to that. Yeah. With, well, with any literature, I feel like if you get into the genre, you want to build your way up to some of these more complex works. You got to, it's like a muscle. You got to build it and strengthen it. So you're not just your comprehension, but your attention, especially if you're used to reading quick paced novels. Yeah. You're not going to get a lot of quick paced novels back then. So I would say, um, actually, uh, Native Son. I think would be up your alley because you know there's some murder, there's some on the edge of your seat type of shit in there, there's some fucked up shit, even though it's classic literature. Like I feel like that would be a good start. While Great Gatsby's entertaining, I don't think that would be a good first dive into it, just because uh, F. Scott's Fitzgerald was also kind of uh, verbose. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a little even for people who like that kind of writing, it still could be a little too much sometimes. I would say any Kurt Vonnegut book would be a good way because his is, he's he was that good transition period where we went from your, you know, classic literature to your modern. He was right in the middle there, so he told some pretty wild stories, uh, but the writing wasn't complex. I would avoid any of the Japanese <laughs> classic yeah. literature I was reading. Yeah. I don't think you'd be uh, too interested in those. I'm trying to think what
1: would be some... But not all the Japanese you've read would be considered literature, would you?
0: Not 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 the modern one, just the yeah. the classic, which is like half of what I read. Again, Poe is another one. He's kind of like H.P. Lovecraft, very verbose. And I found so far in that collection that I was... Because I started reading the newer collection I bought, which has more of his stories.
1: Doesn't that piss you off when you buy a collection of something? Complete story collection. Yeah.
0: Complete works. And then, you know, 10 years later... The, the complete works and then you look at it's like why are there 20 more short stories yeah. well we didn't consider those you know his this one actually has this novel in it and everything so because he wrote one novel so this one is actually the complete isn't one isn't that crazy yeah he only wrote one novel look at h.p uh, lovecraft i don't think he actually ever wrote a novel he had mountains of madness or whatever that was that was like again i think it was a novella i mean that was it wasn't a full length novel um, that was probably one of his longer works, but, uh, like a Poe, I mean, you could read it, I would say if you want again, maybe like a, a telltale heart or, uh, the red death or something and like that.
1: It would help with those two that I already have like an understanding of those stories. Yeah. So like, as I'm reading it, I kind of have an idea and not just completely lost on something, that I haven't read. Like, you know, I know kind of what the story is, so... Right. It, I can focus more on just, like, the writing or...
0: The problem, too, though, is the additions you get. Because, like I said, that one I was reading, when I started reading the new one, I realized they changed his language. Oh, so, yeah. like, some of the words he used, they used an easier version uh, of that word. Like, a, a word, a synonym that had easier to read meaning. Like, easier re- uh, to understand word for the general... Public, I guess. I don't know why they did it. So when you actually read his originally written stories, some of them are like the first five stories in that collection. I barely understood what was happening because big chunks of it were written in French.
1: Uh, I'm
0: like, because I guess maybe that's why it's very popular in France because he. You, I mean, I know he did a lot of French Gothic type of style in his work, but the language, I did not know.
1: Now do you? How do you feel about when they do that? Um,
0: well, I can't say anything because he's long dead, but if a modern writer did that, I wouldn't like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, but yeah, I mean, yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody who's already been passed and then changing, like... Oh, you mean how do I feel about
0: them Change? I don't like that. I mean, I get it, though, because I probably wouldn't have read that whole collection if I knew... Like if it was the the one I have now, I probably would have got bored with it back then. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I just be like, I don't fucking know what's happening. But now I kind of I've read enough where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll slog through some of this and then I'll you know I can understand it. I mean I don't know if you ever read like the Iliad or the Odyssey. No. Those are entertaining though. That's that's more mythology. I guess. It, yeah, so, yeah. Like
1: we were saying earlier that's more. And that's
0: more. That's not like prose. That's uh like a ballad or a poem. The way that's written.
1: Um,
0: i have to let you look through my collection to Just to give you a good suggestion Not that you're going to be getting to it anytime yeah, right? soon but God
1: damn so much I would, stuff. I would
0: definitely say Native Son Probably be your first book to get into Because I feel like that would uh Kind of captivate you Because even though it's real setting Or not real setting But like Supposed to be like a real life style story Like mm-hmm. normal literary fiction is It's uh, It's pretty fucking dark Some, some head beating Some raping some body disposing in the garbage shoots or so what, something. What do you,
1: um... What about, like, uh... Mice and Men and To Kill a Mockingbird? You, um,
0: personally, I would recommend every single fucking thing John Steinbeck's written, because I love it all.
1: Like, what, what would you put it? Would you put it in, like, the literature, kind of? Oh, yeah,
0: that's definitely fine literature right there. That's a cool glass of... Cavassier. Warm glass of Cavassier. You don't drink that cold, what talking about? Um Mice of Men might be up your alley just because that's uh like a novella, it's a little yeah. shorter. And Steinbeck styles would probably fit you well because you know you're a big Stephen King guy. So it's more of a simplistic writing style. Yeah. you there's not gonna be any kind of comprehension problems with like versus a fucking HP Lovecraft who just apparently had a thesaurus stuck up his ass and just like so far it went up into his brain.
1: He was the kind of thing I got you, like a guy who liked to make up words.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, I think that John Steinbeck would be good. The only thing for about him is I don't know if you would be necessarily interested in the stories. Because most of them are just set in California and they're just kind of uh, struggles of everyday people. Yeah. Now, Mice and Men is a good one just because uh, I, I would feel like just the way we have yeah. you know come into adulthood, you kind of struggle uh, financially maybe. And just, like, going through life. There's, like, two brothers. One's kind of... I don't think they're... I think they might be brothers. I forget. I
1: can't... Yeah, because I've seen the movie. I can't remember... Either they're really close friends or brothers yeah. or something. But
0: there's two guys together.
1: Nanny.
0: I think they are brothers. And, yeah, and the one... He's a big a hulking dude, but he's special. And uh, he's fucking killing shit on accident. Yeah. Like, uh It's uh, uh, the ending of that. God damn it. I mean, if you got you, a soul, that ending's killing you.
1: You know what? I have to let you borrow. So, Stephen King... You know, he had the his uh, Richard ba- Bachman books. Mm. So like, you know, those were like a sh- he did like five or six underneath that, and like there for the first couple, you didn't know that it was him. It's like these seem kind of like
0: Stephen Kingish.
1: Yeah, and then you know, eventually came out, and then like I would say maybe like ten years or so, he came out. I think he wrote it like he originally wrote most of it back during then, but then like just kind of retold it now and then, but still put it underneath like. Richard Bachman mm-hmm. as a, bo- it's called blaze and it is, um, it's very kind of mice and men to where with like, there's the, like, again, I can't remember if they're brothers or if they're just really close friends. And like, they like, rot they, Like, they, they, they kidnapped this, like, like small child or everything, something like that from this rich family to get a ransom from him. But again, like the one guy's like the, like the kind of like leader or whatever, but then blaze He's kind. Of, he's like he's very much Lenny like of yeah. like is slow and has trouble.
0: Might have been a homage.
1: It, 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 I think he. I think like in the introduction and stuff, like he brings it up. Like he does. It's not like he's the, the like trying to sweep that. It's I'm not cribbing it. Yeah, like he's like bringing like and he he acknowledges it, and that was very entertaining. That was like one of the first ones, like because it's not a big book either. And but that was like one of his first ones, like I like that I got through very quickly.
0: Well, would you consider any of Stephen King's work that you've read to be considered literature? Because while he's a genre writer, kind of, I, would, I mean, he's a horror writer, but he but he, uh, does, he, does, da- he goes outside of it.
1: He does like, um, you know. And again, we've just,
0: established you can be a you know, horror writer and still be writing he, literature. He
1: does suspense and thrillers and and different even like he does he dabbles in like action and stuff a little bit. I could say like he could have, like, l- like literary themes, like, mm-hmm. throughout the book. Because, like we have said, like, and he's very uh, vocal about, like, his, like, not liking Trump and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, P- I've seen people bring up in a lot of his newer works, like, his, like, you know, this is supposed to be, like, his stance on, like, Trump and stuff, but it's not in a, um... In, like, such an, an overt way that it is. He's not is, telling you about Yeah, it, it's, not like, it's not like when I'm reading It's like we were talking about when I'm reading it. It's not like, oh, he's talking about Trump chimp right now. It's like, oh, I could, you know, when you bring it up, like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I could see that. But it's not as I'm reading it, it's not the first thing that's popping into my head.
0: Right. Have you re- uh, read any modern books that you would consider to be more of a literature? That you, besides, outside, like, the Stephen King type of stuff.
1: Mm, no, because it, it that still just has fallen into like the um yeah Andy Weir, Weir um Lev Grossman from the Magicians. Those are all kind of just you know like fantasy or sci fi fiction and stuff mm. like that.
0: Now, how about an Alan Moore? Here, here, we're here. We're going to be splitting some hairs here. Okay,
1: okay. So I guess you could maybe put Watchmen under that.
0: I would say even, like, Watchmen's one of the few books I would say that's still literature, even though it's not the genre yeah. at all. It's a comic. Yeah. That definitely has to fall under that category, you'd think.
1: And I think even, like, his the V for Vendetta, too. I don't know if you've yeah, I read, re- that. Re- read, actually read that, but, because <laughs> you know that it's very uh, uh, focused on, like, um, censorship and uh-huh. controlling the people and, and well, things like that. Look at
0: his, uh, one of his newer novels, Jerusalem. Which I still have yet to tackle.
1: I, I, I heard you just to look it's all, at it. It's
0: all about magic and fantasy and crazy shit. But, I mean, the way he writes, that has to be... Because their literature, I, from what I understand, I, might be a little I, pretentious and overdone, but...
1: I like to think at the end of that thing, the very last, like... Like, sentences, like, along the lines of, like, ha, ha, I was just fucking with you guys. I wanted to see if anybody would make it through all this garbage. Like, and nobody's ever finished it, so they don't know. It's so long.
0: I, I want to read it just to read it, but that's you, one of those things, like, Moby Dick when I was a kid. I got, I just want to read it to say I read it, you know? Just get yeah, through do you,
1: it. Do you actually have it, or do you have to? No, I
0: it? didn't want to buy the doorstop, so I'll get the the ebook.
1: Because you still have that fucking, um what's that like? Leaf book? House of Leaves. Yeah. Have you have you started to even attempt at that yet? It's
0: supposed to start that next week, because we we're gonna do the follow along podcast or something. Me and Ashley. That's a, that's a big book, but at the same time. There's, like, a lot of pages where it's just, like, one word. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how big you would consider I don't know if you could... Because a lot of it also was, like, a page where it's the same word 8,000 times. It's, like, fucking written crazy, mm-hmm. so...
1: Now, do you think with 99 Grand, you haven't read any of it yet, but do you think that's going to fall within, like, the literature?
0: No, I'm going to say that's probably a postmodernist type of book. That's uh, probably a uh, maybe, possibly pretentious art piece is what I would consider. I mean, I haven't read it, so I don't know if it's pretentious. Just whenever I think of it modern looks, art, I think...
1: It, it looks pretentious. Whenever,
0: Yeah, whenever I think of modern art, I think that's fucking pretentious bullshit. You, nobody likes that. Nobody's actually going to the fucking art museum to say, oh, I love those three shades of red smeared across the <laughs> wall. No. You, you just want to look cool and sound cool. Like that fucking toe story.
1: <laughs>
0: Went to church and prayed for your numb toe. I hope that lady didn't get paid for that. That's the whole story.
1: Right, you know what? I hope she got paid by the word.
0: Yeah, you get $5. She probably won six awards for that. She probably won a fucking push cart prize. <laughs> Best short fiction. Like oh, <laughs> I'll just sit on the corner. You just see Caleb. Like you go to the award show and just ah, she gets her trophy if they even have. It. I don't fucking know. What oh, it are, works. You gonna, you just, are
1: you gonna are you gonna pull the Kanye West? And just come up. Not, no, this is their decision.
0: No, we won't even get that far. It'll just it'll just pan to the side and you'll see me just throwing up in the corner. Oh, oh, oh what's wrong with that guy? I think his toes numb. I don't know. He smelled it and I said it pissed me off. That, that's not a should not be acceptable. I want to know what was popping. I think it's when we both talked. Is that what it is? Yeah, let's talk at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I was I'm talking, talking I'm about, about but about the things.
1: No, I don't. You know. think maybe like it's the chords? Maybe like at the no, cords it's not.
0: Fucking! Head. I don't even know if
1: it's showing up on here. It's just like either the head. It sounds like the mic's popping. Yeah. Do like, you think maybe we're talking too much or too loud? That's
0: what I thought. It seemed no. It just seemed like it was happening when uh, like when we almost talk at the same time, yeah. it would just pop real quick. But I, I don't fucking know. Uh. The settings are the same as. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, either new software or maybe we'll get a fucking crazy-ass recorder to fucking... Do. I don't <laughs> want to spend any more money on
1: this shit, though. me <laughs> This might very much end up in Office Space style. We get, like, a uh, new game, We just stomp the shit out of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that's happening.
0: You know what? I bet it's the fucking headphones again. Maybe it's this piece of shit. Maybe we dropped it once or something. You know what? I bet you the fucking plug on this thing is, like, because it, it doesn't fucking connect very well. I bet you when we get a little excited, maybe a little vibration, I mean, yeah. it just like slightly disconnects and connects. And I bet you that's what that popped in. Mm. I guarantee that's probably not showing up on here. Oh, uh,
1: hopefully. Because remember
0: before we were having like that weird buzz or something that yeah. would happen. Or it, was like a, it was like a feedback sound. It was yeah. the headphones. It wasn't this. Mm. Anyway. So, I guess I would say that's our take on fine literature. I don't know what the uh, initial topic was. We were going to shit on it, but we didn't. Yeah, no. We actually went more sophisticated than I thought. I found that to be a quite engaging episode. I hope the audience does as well. I definitely would suggest everybody should try reading it. Yeah. I get it if it's not for you. Like, for instance, you know, you only read Twilight-style or Fifty Shades of Grey-style books. I can see that maybe you wouldn't be interested in reading something dense or something... Chances are there's a writer out there that a classic writer, that your work you can relate to or find the themes interesting. You just have to search and give it a chance.
1: Yeah, at least give it an attempt. You, well, I know I'm kind of like you. It's like you started, you kind of want to finish it, but like go to like the library or something and rent it out, or they uh, yeah, you don't have to buy of, it. A lot of libraries will have like a cheap like fifty cents paperback store in the bottom, like in the mm-hmm. basement or something. Like, and just, you most know, bookstores, a most,
0: most bookstores have, like, classic story collections or, like, you know, your Huck Fins or things yeah. like that for, you usually can find a $5 copy. Yeah. So, like, a paperback. Yeah, you know, just gives, or you can, there's e readers, there's e libraries, there's all kinds of ways. You Especially
1: have, with that older stuff, too, because of the, a lot of the older stuff you made out You get them how, on Amazon for free. I don't know how legal it is, but you can probably find it on the free. Like.
0: Well, a lot of uh, the classics, you can get the whole collections for either 99 cents or free on Amazon. Yeah. I've done that before just to read them. Like, one, like certain authors, I wasn't necessarily interested in buying their collection, but I wanted to read their work just to see if I liked it.
1: It's a good way to dip your toe in. Well, you know what? I forgot. Your numb
0: toe. Talk about Hemingway. I do have a short story collection from Hemingway. If you yeah. ever wanted to borrow that, it's not too big. Yeah. Um, it will give you a taste of his style, because I don't see any of his novels being intriguing to you.
1: I just feel like I'll get at it, like, after reading some Hemingway, I'll just be extremely disappointed in my lack of manliness. Oh,
0: you're going to feel that. I mean, every story is like pretty much his real life. And you're just going to be like, why have I not done it? So it's
1: more like we were talking like, I'm working my way through Fur and Loathing in Las Vegas. And I'm enjoying it. But I was telling Caleb before the other day that I think it's taking me a little longer to read it. Because as I'm reading this, I'm like, this isn't fiction. This shit actually happened to this guy? Like, he actually did these things?
0: Most of them. Uh, he embellishes some of the stuff, and he changes the names.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you had to definitely change the names. And I'm sure that there was some fluffy enough, but even just, it was just, like, the base, like, borderline things that happened in that book.
0: He's done m- most of that. Like, all the fucking crazy drunk, dr- and, drugged up driving. He's done then, all like, of that. If he
1: probably didn't do it then, he probably did it previously and just used that experience for this.
0: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you read. Certain, I think that's what Hemingway's appeal is. It. I wouldn't say it's his writing. I don't find his writing all too engaging or a storytelling all that great. While I did love Old Man in the Sea, the rest of his work I was iffy. I C minus from. I didn't yeah. think it was amazing or anything. But the manliness and the at least if you're a guy, just be like the way it makes you think about your life and how compared to his. That's I think what's interesting about him. It's more. Hemingway's one of those guys, it, the author is more interesting than the work.
1: And then, too, two just like, he's so manly and still is a writer, which is, even today, is still like a not. You know, you don't. It's when not a you, manly profession. Yeah, when you think of manly men, you don't think of writers, or think of writers as manly men.
0: Well, that was kind
1: of, uh. That was just
0: kind of how it was back then, too, is like, uh, Yukio Mishima. We talked about on the Japanese podcast how when he was growing up, his dad would throw his writing away because men don't write. That's not a manly thing to do. Teddy Roosevelt, when he was a young kid, you know, it wasn't manly to be a writer, but he fucking wrote a bunch of books. Uh, Same with Hemingway. I don't think he thought manly. Writing was manly, but what's more manly than telling somebody, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do this my way, and I'm going to be fucking badass at it. That's manly to me. Like, if Hemingway... Proved anything out of you know his misogynistic views and any, any, all that dumb shit. I would say the ma- most manly message you can get from it, and this doesn't even have to be just for guys. Just, yeah, this is for
1: people in general. Just yeah, just do what the fuck you want to do. You just
0: do what you want to do. Go against what's popular. Why the fuck not? You only have one life. Yeah. You want to be a writer? Sit down and fucking write. Who cares if people make fun of you? You want to be a poet?
1: Yeah.
0: Like look at a Dylan Thomas. Might not be the most manly, but he's a fucking drinking, you know, yeah. whiskey chugging machine. He was a crazy, wild Scotsman, I think.
1: Better did like uh, the um the Henry Rollins from like the Black Flag. Yeah, he does like poetry and stuff now. And you're not gonna tell that guy that he's a fruitcake. No, <laughs>
0: you will not. Fuck no. Yeah, there's just I I think that stereotype that man
1: scares me sometimes.
0: I would say that stereotype's more than dead by now. But the, uh, you read comics, you're a fucking unmanly nerd stereotype still stands. For the most part. To
1: a degree, but it is accepted more. As you're not getting
0: beat up in school no. for reading comics now, but if you, okay, if you write comics, when you think of yeah. manly men, do you think of guys no. writing? This should be a separate episode, probably. Maybe we'll do this next week.
1: All uh, right.
0: Episode on manly writing. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Or
1: man- manly art.
0: Manly art. That's too close to the art of manly in his podcast. I don't want to crib his uh,
1: style. Why, well, maybe we can get some of his views by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of art
0: of manly, it's the manliness of art.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Again, talk about fucking uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Fucking samurai. He was, you know, from Vagabond. Yeah. You no, know, Well, that was more a more fictional account of his life, but he was killing motherfuckers left and right. Busting balls. And he fucking was an artiste, a poet. Yeah. He was everything. He was the manliest of men. And you wouldn't tell that dude he wasn't manly. He your head off. Uh, but.
1: We should probably end, huh?
0: Alas. You have any philosophical, literary. No. Things no. to. No. Nothing? No. I will say a man's journey through life isn't complete. Unless he is willing to dive into the classics. And learn from those who are no longer here. And then he'll be able to judge where he's going. Hmm. See, that's like modern literary yeah. bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. I just That doesn't mean it's anything. It's just words. It sounds like it means something. Engie hollow words. You hear that? It's like, hey, kind of deep. No, it's not. Yeah. That's like that fucking story deep of the troll story. Yeah. That means nothing. And then one guy was even like, oh, man, that's kind of deep. It's like, is it, though? Is it? It's not. I, 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 been... I said it wasn't deep. It's not deep. <laughs> I know there's some emotion in it, but there's not emotion in it.
1: It's like its ankle level shadow shallowness.
0: It is so shallow that your fucking bottom of your feet don't get wet
1: (laughs) alright
0: you folks have a wonderful time if you want to check out our work which has not been forthcoming too much but we still write we still post stuff on the website just not we probably should, but we'll and get just, to it.
1: And just know that it's for a reason. Yeah. We have things come. We'll, we'll, we're, we're actually just,
0: working on projects. You
1: we're ch- hopefully having some things down the pipeline here soon that that you guys can, can dig out.
0: But you'll still find some classic stuff we post on there and some featured artists and writers we have. We, we still got some good things. So go over to drunkenpenwriting.com. You'll find us. You want to engage us on our... Social media, we like to post some saucy literary memes, some drunk memes, mm. some drunk talk, and mostly just things about booze and N- literature. Nice
1: quotes and...
0: Right. But, uh, yeah, we have some good quotes. You can uh, hit us up on Drunk Pen Writing. What
1: are you doing?
0: Dog's freaking out. You don't like it.
1: I think he sneezed.
0: At Drunk Pen Writing on Twitter, and you can hit us up on drunken pan writing on facebook which is doing surprisingly well even though i barely engage on there we have a lot of likes and shares and sometimes comments so and only a handful of them are from my mother <laughs> <laughs> you folks have a wonderful day bye